I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh, Integrity could still be intact But what is the likelihood of that When if you trace the source of each resource they've got They're tapped into the veins of the masses The system maintains Feeding on their youthfulness and draining from their brains And then the weak ones are rejected Armed and turned toward the strife They return with force and take away their life But make no mistake There is life in abundance for all to partake So war is redundant and hate is Futile. But too many put feeling We all are the same The essence of life in this physical plane So nothing can restrain the love You just have to claim the love Yes, I remember the censorship of showing your roots Deception with no lie conditioning for the youth Straightening their follicles while twisting their minds Replacing all traditions with their programs for decline But as I rebel, my naughty swells defiant of the taming My natural advantage I'm proclaiming These spirals map the course of life and represent the force of life Connected to the source of life So make no mistake There is life in abundance for all to partake So war is redundant and hate is futile But too many put feelings We all are the same The essence of life in this physical plane So nothing can restrain the love you just have to claim it, you just have to claim it, you just have to claim the love. Claim the love 
Yes, make no mistake. There is life in abundance for all to partake. So war is redundant and hate is futile. But too many put feelings in. We all are the same. The essence of life in this physical plane. Nothing can restrain the law. You just have to claim it. 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 You just have to claim the law. in hand. Symbolically, I am the tree. Deep roots, many branches for the family. As Kundalini rise, charging the left side. Alternate nostril breathing, let the stress ride. Aura like lavender, calm and soothes you. Build and destroy, born to improve you. Really simple, ain't it? Nothing new is ancient. Sacred sentences, cracking the coded matrix. Cocoa resin over charcoal, repelling agents, intoxicating every breath. White lotus fragrance. I am the great mother, the cosmic womb, source of life, sonic boom, DNA of the immortal, stars alive, open portals. I am the great mother, cosmic womb, source of life, sonic boom, DNA. Of the immortal, stars align, open portals. First teacher, light breeder, bearing fruit, sharing truth, healing, taking care of you, mentally preparing you. The fez is a womb, tassels, umbilical cord, one heart, one mind, one accord. Birthing elos, as above, below, complement the heroes to the point like zero. CEO, reflection in the moon, sun shining, original, not plagiarized. Heaven lies between her thighs Home on the throne where the king she belong Backbone, ride her lips Survival imperative in natural order Love and honor Morocco to California Empress queen, mother, daughter All life begins in water Sunflower, lotus bloom Honeysuckle, first wound Jade crystal, moonstone Master self, move on Copper arm, activate Opening the stargate Charging up the universe Spoke the name of God first I am the great mother, the cosmic womb, source of life, sonic boom, DNA of the immortal, 
immortal Stars align Open portals I am the great mother Cosmic moon Source of life Sonic boom DNA of the immortal Stars align Open portals Joyful exaltations and greetings to those that liberate themselves. Welcome, beautiful loves, to Awake and Aware. I am the MC, Mistress of Ceremony, Mariama Tane. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is the Great Reset. The Great Reset. We're going to start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already revealed. Starting off with Isaiah 24 5. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitant thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Leviticus 27 10. He shall not alter it, nor change it, a good for a bad, or a bad for a good. And if he shall at all change beast for beast, then it, the exchange thereof, shall be holy. Job 10.17 Thou renewest thy witnesses against me, and increaseth thine indignation upon me. Changes and war are against me. Isaiah 2620 Come, my people, 
Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. Jeremiah 13.23 Can the Ethiopian change his skin, or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good, that are accustomed to do evil. Moving forward to the Pistis Sophia, chapter 66. And the first mystery continued again in the discourse and said, It came to pass then, before I had led forth Pistis Sophia out of the chaos, because it was not yet commanded me through my father, the first mystery which looketh within, at that time then, after the emanations of self-willed, had perceived that my light stream had taken from them the light powers which they had taken from Pistis Sophia and had poured them into Pistis Sophia. And when they again had seen Pistis Sophia, that she shone as she had done from the beginning, that they were enraged against Pistis Sophia and cried out again to their self-willed, that he should come and help them, so that they might take away the powers and Pistis Sophia anew. And self-willed sent out of the height, out of the thirteenth eon, and sent another great light power. It came down into the chaos as a flying arrow, that he might help his emanations, so that they might take away the lights from Pistis Sophia anew. And when that light power had come down, the emanations of self-willed, which were in the chaos, and oppressed Pistis Sophia, took great courage, and again pursued Pistis Sophia with great terror and great alarm. And some of the emanations of self-willed oppressed her. One of them changed itself into the form of a great serpent, and again changed itself into the form of a seven-headed basilisk. Another again changed itself into the form of a dragon. And moreover, the first power of self-willed, the lion-faced, and all his other very numerous emanations, they came together and oppressed Pistis Sophia and led her again into the lower regions of the chaos and alarmed her again exceedingly. It came to pass then that there looked down out of the twelve aeons Adamus, the tyrant, who also was wroth with Pistis Sophia because she desired to go to the light of lights, which is above them all. Therefore he wroth with her. It came to pass then when Adamus, the tyrant, had looked down out of the twelve eons, that he saw the emanations of self-willed oppressing Pistis Sophia until they should take from her all her lights. It came to pass then when the power of Adamus had came down into the chaos unto all the emanations of self-willed. It came to pass then when that demon came down into the chaos that it dashed down Pistis Sophia. And the lion-faced power and the serpent form and the basilisk form and the dragon form and all the other various emanations of self-willed surrounded Pistis Sophia altogether.
desiring to take from her anew her powers in her. And they oppressed Pistis Sophia exceedingly and threatened her. It came to pass then, when they oppressed her and alarmed her exceedingly, that she cried again to the light and sang praises, saying, O light, it is thou who hast helped me. Let thy light cover over me, for thou art my protector, and I come hence unto thee. O light, having faith in thee, O light, for thou art my savior from the emanations of self-willed and of Adamus, the tyrant, and thou shalt save me from all his violent threats. And when Pistis Sophia had said this, then at the commandment of my father, the first mystery, which looketh within, I sent again Gabriel and Michael and the great light stream that they should help Pistis Sophia. And I gave commandment unto Gabriel and Michael to bear Pistis Sophia in their hands so that her feet should not touch the darkness below. And I gave them commandment, moreover, to guide her in the regions of the chaos out of which she was to be led. It came to pass then, when the angels had come down into the chaos, they and the light stream, and moreover, when all the emanations of self-willed and the emanations of Adamas had seen the light stream, how it shone very exceedingly, and there was no measure for the light about it, that they became terror-stricken and quitted Pistis Sophia. And the great light stream surrounded Pistis Sophia on all sides of her, and her left, and on her right, and on all her sides, and it became a light wreath round her head. It came to pass then, when the light stream had surrounded Pistis Sophia, that she took great courage, and it ceased not to surround her on all sides, and she was no longer in fear of the emanations of self-willed, which are in the chaos. Nor was she any more in fear of the other new power of self-willed, which had cast down into the chaos as a flying arrow. Nor did she any more tremble at the demon power of Adamus, which had came out of the eons. And moreover, by commandment of myself, the first mystery, which looketh without, the light stream which surrounded Pistis Sophia on all her sides, shone most exceedingly. And Pistis Sophia abode in the midst of the light, a great light being on her left and on her right and on all her sides, forming a wreath round her head. And all the emanations of self-willed could not change their face again, nor could they bear the shock of the great light of the stream, which was a wreath around her head. And all the emanations of self-willed Many of them fell at her right, because she shone most exceedingly, and many others fell at her left, and were not able at all to draw nigh unto Pistis Sophia, because of the great light. But they fell all one on another, or they all came near one another, and they could not inflict any ill on Pistis Sophia, because she had trusted in the light." And at the commandment of my father, the first mystery which looketh within, I myself went down 
into the chaos, shining most exceedingly, and approached the lion-faced power, which shone exceedingly, and took its whole light in it, and held fast all the emanations of self-willed, so that from now on they went not into their region, that is the thirteenth aeon, and I took away the power of all the emanations of self-willed, and they all fell down into the chaos, powerless. And I led forth Pistis Sophia, she being on the right of Gabriel and Michael, and the great light stream entered again into her. And Pistis Sophia beheld with her eyes her foes, that I had taken their light power from them, and I led Pistis Sophia forth from the chaos, she treading underfoot the serpent-faced emanation of self-willed, and moreover treading underfoot the seven-faced basilisk emanation, and treading underfoot the lion and dragon-faced power. I made Pistis Sophia continue to stand upon the seven-headed basilisk emanation of self-willed, and it was more mighty than them all in its evil doings, and I, the first mystery, stood by it and took all the powers in it and made to perish its whole matter so that no seed should arise from it from now on. We're going to take a music moment and come back with tonight's theme, The Great Reset, Blessings and Grace. I'm 
Blessings and grace, and welcome to tonight's theme, The Great Reset. I came across this theme perusing YouTube, and I saw that the World Economic Forum had a virtual symposium on this topic, The Great Reset. The World Economic Forum, together with Prince Charles of England and the International Monetary Fund, IMF, has launched an initiative revealingly dubbed the Great Reset, with the objective of rebuilding the world's economic and social system in order to make it more sustainable. The idea has received the full support of the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, former president of the Socialist International from 1999 to 2005. Technically, a reset is a re-initialization in the language of our digital era, it means erasing all hardware and data on a hard disk and formatting it anew in view of a fresh start. Transposed to human activity, a reset means a revolution, a deep transformation of all that is done, thought, or believed, making a clean break with the past. For many decades, the World Economic Forum founded by Professor Klaus Schwab in 1971, has been getting heads of state, billionaires, and heads of big business together yearly in order to reflect on economical and governance issues and work toward a common end, free global trade, common world rules, to supersede national sovereign decisions, promoting non-discrimination to transform economies and societies. Now, this that I'm reading from is from LifeSite News. For a long time, its yearly meetings in Davos were held discreetly, even secretively. This has slowly changed, as the We Forum's objectives have become more mainstream. Its main meeting schedules and lists of participants are now available online, even though it is widely said that many talks and decisions of the mighty take place after official hours. But the 2021 edition promises to be quite different. While a physical meeting will be held in the Swiss skiing resort town of Davos as usual, and no one enters Davos at that time of year without an official invitation to the forum, this time there will be a global online participation for a virtual forum, including many stakeholders and young people who will be told they will have a determining voice for the world to come. As for the reset itself, it was already being talked about before the Chinese coronavirus was moving out of Wuhan. On December 30, 2019, for instance, the Financial Times published a YouTube presentation under the title, Why Capitalism Needs to be Reset in 2020. Here's the reoccurring theme. It's stakeholder capitalism, by which a company's approach to people the planet, and innovation, including how it protects and applies the value added of its data, must figure more prominently in capital allocation decisions. One of the major objectives of the Great Reset is reducing inequalities, which in everyday terms mean redistributing wealth. 
This idea takes for granted that inequality is evil of itself. Speaking during the virtual Great Reset meeting, Guterres said the COVID-19 crisis should lead to a response to unsustainable levels of inequality and the lawlessness of cyberspace. Carbon taxing and renewable energy are also high on the Great Reset agenda. Guterres quoted the need to advance towards zero emissions and implement the Sustainable Development Goals of the UN. These Sustainable Development Goals, with their socialist mindset and eco-radicalism, advocate for universal access to sexual and reproductive health and reproductive rights. United Nations jargon that includes contraception and abortion, not least because the human population is seen as nature and biodiversity's main enemy. The International Monetary Fund's managing director, Kristalana Gogogeva, who grew up in communist Bulgaria, promoted the same green approach, while the IMF is providing emergency assistance that is expected to run up to $100 billion, with 170 countries expected to have a smaller economy at the end of 2020 than they started out with in the beginning of the year. In other words, financial assistance must be used and distributed in order to favor ecologically correct enterprises. She added that there must be low-carbon initiatives taking advantage of low oil prices to add a carbon price as an incentive. We need a great reset, not a great reversal, she concluded. Perhaps one of the most noteworthy speakers at the virtual launch of the Great Reset was Ma Yung of Communist China's Green Finance Committee. He is also special advisor to the governor of the Chinese Communist Party and controlled People's Bank of China and was presented before his talk at the virtual launch of the Great Reset as an NPC member. NPC stands for the National People's Congress, which in theory is the highest political authority in China where, however, President Xi Jinping and the ruling Communist Party reigned supreme. Ma Jun insisted that the post-COVID recovery must be greener than any of the other previous recoveries through the financing of green projects. That must be higher than any time in history. Ma also said consumption stimulus needs to be green. Governments could make a list of green consumer goods and these should be given preference on lists of consumer subsidies and coupons. Noting that migrant workers have lost their jobs in China, he added, instead of paying them unemployment benefits, we should ask them to plant trees and pay them for that. As to non-green projects, Ma Jun proclaimed they should be subject to new regulations, obliging them to meet strict environmental standards and be made to release information about their compliance on a mandatory basis. Now moving forward to weforum.org. Again, that's weforum.org, the World Economic Forum COVID Action Platform. It says here, to achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies, from education to social contracts, and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China must participate, and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. 
According to the Financial Times, global government debt has already reached its highest level in peacetime. Moreover, unemployment is skyrocketing in many countries. In the United States, for example, one in four workers have filed for unemployment since mid-March, with newly weekly claims far above historic heights. The International Monetary Fund expects the world economy to shrink by 3% this year, a downgrade of 6.3 percentage points in just four months. All of this will exacerbate the climate and social crises that were already underway. Some countries have already used the COVID-19 crisis as an excuse to weaken environmental protections and enforcement and frustrations over social ills like rising inequality. United States billionaires' combined wealth has increased during the crisis, are intensifying. Left unaddressed, these crises together with COVID-19 will deepen and leave the world even less sustainable, less equal, and more fragile. Incremental measures and ad hoc fixes will not suffice to prevent this scenario. We must build entirely new foundations for our economic and social systems. The level of cooperation and ambition this implies is unprecedented, but it is not some impossible dream. In fact, one civil lining of the pandemic is that it has shown how quickly we can make radical changes to our lifestyle. Almost instantly, the crisis forced businesses and individuals to abandon practices long claimed to be essential from frequent air travel to working in an office. Likewise, populations have overwhelmingly shown a willingness to make sacrifices for the sake of healthcare and other essential workers and vulnerable populations, such as the elderly. And many companies have stepped up to support their workers, customers, and local communities in a shift toward the kind of stakeholder capitalism to which they had previously paid lip service. The Great Reset Agenda will have three main components. The first would steer the market toward fairer outcomes. To this end, governments should improve coordination, for example, in tax, regulatory, and fiscal policy, upgrade trade arrangements, and create the conditions for a stakeholder economy. At a time of diminishing tax basis and soaring public debt, governments have a powerful incentive to pursue such action. Moreover, governments should implement long overdue reforms that promote more equitable outcomes. Depending on the country, these may include changes to wealth taxes, the withdrawal of fossil fuel subsidies, and new rules governing intellectual property, trade, and competition. The second component of a Great Reset Agenda would ensure that Investment advance shared goals, such as equality and sustainability. Here, the large-scale spending programs that many governments are implementing represent a major opportunity for progress. The European Commission, for one, has unveiled plans for an $826 billion recovery fund. The United States, China, and Japan also have ambitious economic stimulus plans. Rather than using these funds, as well as investments from private entities and pension funds, to fill cracks in the old system, we should use them to create a new one. 
that is more resilient, equitable, and sustainable in the long run. This means, for example, building green urban infrastructure and creating incentives for industries to improve their track record on environmental, social, and governance metrics. The third and final priority of a Great Reset Agenda is to harness the innovations of the fourth industrial revolution to support the public good, especially by addressing health and social challenges. During the COVID-19 crisis, companies, universities, and others have joined forces to develop diagnostic, therapeutics, and possible vaccines, establish testing centers, create mechanisms for tracing infections, and deliver telemedicine. Imagine what could be possible if similar concerted efforts were made in every sector. The COVID-19 crisis is affecting every facet of people's lives in every corner of the world. But tragedy need not be its only legacy. On the contrary, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world to create a healthier, more equitable, and more prosperous future. Now moving forward to their website, greatreset.com. Again, their website is greatreset.com. It reads, The Great Reset is a creative industry movement to embed the positive environmental shifts that have happened during lockdown as the new normal. The new normal. Our industry has power and influence, but we need lots of people to choose to use it. We must grab this opportunity to help shape a society that puts mankind and our planet's needs first. To do this, we need to reset ourselves to become agents of change, not just passive receivers of briefs. Reset our work so what we create promotes sustainable values, attitudes, and behaviors. Reset our impact by reevaluating what we measure and celebrate as success. There have been three phases to the Great Reset campaign. The first phase launched on the 2nd of July within the film, website, and white paper. Phase two focused on building the community through gatherings and securing pledges throughout July. Phase three launched on the 3rd of August with the creative brief and the submission process opening on the 17th of August. The creative submission process is now closed and they are no longer accepting entries. The Great Reset campaign throughout July focused on building community with a series of gatherings. Our community is now over 1,000 members strong and many people and agencies have pledged their support. I implore you beautiful loves, you awake and aware ones, to take a look at their white paper. It's 47 pages long and it's a full and complete breakdown of how the world's elite plans on resetting and changing 
society on this planet as we know it, utilizing this COVID-19 as an opportunity for all things to change. On page 46, it states who we are, and they call themselves purpose disruptors. They're disrupting purpose. Purpose disruptors is a network of advertising insiders whose goal is to create visible, large-scale, bottom-up movement within the industry that will act in solidarity to meaningfully tackle climate change. It is for those who are wondering, how can the industry respond to climate change? How can I influence client work to be more socially and environmentally responsible? How can I do more good from where I stand? What does leadership look like? Since 2018, we have been building a community of like-minded people who want to create change in our industry and beyond. Our network includes some incredible high-profile and up-and-coming creative talent, brilliant strategists, awesome account people, and producers, along with academics, scientists, and artists. Their website is PurposeDisruptors.org. PurposeDisruptors.org. Now, the crux of this agenda revolves around a term called stakeholder capitalism. According to Investopedia, stakeholder capitalism is a system in which corporations are oriented to serve the interest of all their stakeholders. Among the key stakeholders are customers, suppliers, employees, shareholders, and local communities. Under this system, a company's purpose is to create long-term value and not to maximize profits and enhance shareholder value at the cost of other stakeholder groups. Supporters of stakeholder capitalism believe that serving the interests of all stakeholders as opposed to only shareholders is essential to the long-term success and health of any business. Notably, they make the case for stakeholder capitalism being a sensible business decision in addition to being an ethical choice. According to Forbes.com, in an article entitled, Why Stakeholder Capitalism Will Fail, dated January 5th, 2020, it states that the talk of stakeholder capitalism is now everywhere. It is the theme of the Davos Manifesto 2020, announced last month by Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman in preparation for the World Economic Forum, where the world's top business executives will meet later this month in Davos, Switzerland. It's also the new mantra of the Business Roundtable, as announced in August 2019. And endorsed by almost 200 CEOs of the largest corporations, the statement rejects the whole idea of maximizing one value to the inclusion of all the others, as Steve Perlstein of the Washington Post notes. Instead, it acknowledges the need for balance and compromise and serving all of a company's stakeholders. Cynics have concluded that stakeholder capitalism is nothing more than an elaborate public relations stunt espoused by big business to get through the current PR crisis. Business say they will go on doing 
what it has done since time immemorial, making money for itself. The attraction of stakeholder capitalism is a public stance is that it doesn't commit big business to do anything in particular. Firms can go on privately shoveling money to their shareholders and executives while maintaining a public front of exquisite social sensitivity and exemplary altruism. And according to abcnews.go.com, stakeholder capitalism commitments mostly for show amid COVID-19 report finds. In times of crisis, many companies did not live up to their statements. In a pre-pandemic world, the idea of stakeholder capitalism, prioritizing employees, communities, and other stakeholders as much as shareholders appeared to be gaining traction among some of the world's largest companies. Last year, 181 CEOs of major corporations in the United States, including Amazon's Jeff Bezos and J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, signed updated business roundtable guidelines, saying the purpose of a corporation was to promote an economy that serves all Americans. Many at the time saw this as a major move that would usher in a new era of change in corporate America. Stakeholder capitalism was even the theme of the 2020 World Economic Forum, just weeks before the coronavirus pandemic walloped the global economy and put a major stress test on these promises. A report released Tuesday, however, found that most of these companies whose CEOs signed the lofty commitment didn't follow through. A study funded by Ford Foundation and conducted by consultancy firm KKS Advisors and the newly formed Test of Corporate Purpose, a group of researchers, found that companies that signed the Business Roundtable Guidelines did not outperform S&P 500 peers in more than a dozen categories, including employee safety, labor practices, job security, and COVID-19 policies. A survey released by Harvard Law School in August examining whether the business roundtable statements would result in a meaningful shift found that among the companies that responded to inquiries, a vast majority said the statement was signed by their CEO without approval from the board of directors. Now this term, the Great Reset, may seem new, but it's reminiscent of the term New World Order, just with better PR. Awaken aware ones, pay attention, prepare, and maneuver based on fact and not fantasy. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and know, blessings and grace. seems like we are definitely moving in the direction of the description that revelation gives to you and I today. So will, will terrorism, nuclear attack, invasion, moral corruption, economic collapse, internal chaos, natural disasters, or something else destroy the... This is a story that has been told in bits and pieces. This is an attempt to pull most of it together. We know we don't have the full story. We do, however, have some striking new revelations and insights. 
some time But I figured it out Now I know what it's really all about Yeah See, everybody keeps saying It's gonna be
starting off on France24.com. France's highest court ruled Wednesday that a transgender woman cannot be officially recognized as the biological mother of the child she conceived with her wife, in a ruling described as scandalous by her lawyer. Born male, the applicant was recognized as a woman by French authorities in 2011. She then had a child with her wife, in 2014, having not undergone the operation to have her male reproductive organs removed. She has fought ever since to be recognized as the child's second mother, not father. In 2018, 
an appeals court in the city of Montpelier ascribed her the status of biological parent, a new category. But the Cour de causation threw out most of that ruling on Wednesday and referred the case back to lower court for a new hearing. The women's lawyer, Kalia Richard, described the ruling as scandalous and said it was a lost opportunity. The fight is unfortunately not over, she said. Another campaigner, Matthew Stocklett, pointed out the incoherence of the women being recognized as female by the French system, but at the same time as the child's father. The ruling is a considerable step backwards toward a concept of parenthood that was believed to be long buried, said Bertrand Pierre, one of the APGL's Association of Gay and Lesbian Parents. Lawyers for the women said they would take the matter to the European Court of Human Rights. Moving forward to the root.com, Princeton University admitted systemic racism is a problem, so the Department of Education launched an investigation. After Princeton University released a statement earlier this month acknowledging systemic racism is a problem on its campus, the Department of Education decided to launch an investigation into the school. Don't worry, though. This is totally not a way to punish a school for committing to be less racist. According to NBC News, the university released a letter it received from the Department of Education Assistant Secretary Robert King. The letter states that the university could be asked to return $75 million in federal funds awarded to the school in the seven years since current university president Christopher L. Esgruber took office. King frequently took aim at Esgruber's statement pledging the university would do better when it comes to race. Based on its admitted racism, the U.S. Department of Education is concerned Princeton's non-discrimination and equal opportunity assurances in its program participation agreement from at least 2013 to present may have been false, King wrote. The department is further concerned Princeton perhaps knew or should have known these assurances were false at the time they were made. Terry Hartle, a senior vice president at the American Council on Education, feels Princeton has been making the right moves, including its decision to remove President Woodrow Wilson's name from one of its schools due to his notable history of being a racist asshole. Hartle believes the government is trying to punish the university for doing the right thing. This federal investigation is an unprecedented and unwarranted effort to undermine Princeton's attempt to understand and address the role of race has played in its history, Hartle told NBC News. To Princeton's great credit, they are asking themselves what they should have done differently in the past and what will it do differently in the future to be more welcoming and inclusive. The university released a statement on Thursday defending its actions essentially saying that acknowledging history and working toward doing better shouldn't be a punishable offense. It is unfortunate that the department appears to believe that grappling honesty with the nation's history and the current effects of systemic racism runs afoul of existing law, the statement read. The university disagrees and looks forward to furthering our educational mission by explaining why our statements and actions are consistent not only with the law, but also with the highest ideals and aspirations of this country. Moving forward to justice.gov, Department of Justice 
identifies New York City, Portland, and Seattle as jurisdictions permitting violence and destruction of property. Identification is response to presidential memorandum reviewing federal funding to state and local governments that are permitting anarchy, violence, and destruction in American cities. The United States Department of Justice today identified the following three jurisdictions that have permitted violence and destruction of property to persist and have refused to undertake reasonable measures to counteract criminal activities, New York City, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington. The Department of Justice is continuing to work to identify jurisdictions that meet the criteria set out in the President's Memorandum and will periodically update the list of selected jurisdictions as required therein. The list was published on the DOJ's website today in response to President Trump's Memorandum of September 2, 2020, entitled Memorandum on Reviewing Funding to State and Local Government Recipients that are permitting anarchy, violence, and destruction in American cities. When state and local leaders impede their own law enforcement officers and agencies from doing their jobs, it endangers innocent citizens who deserve to be protected, including those who are trying to peacefully assemble and protest, said Attorney General William P. Barr. We cannot allow federal tax dollars to be wasted when the safety of its citizenry hangs in the balance. It is my hope that the cities identified by the Department of Justice today will reverse course and become serious about performing the basic function of government and start protecting their own citizens. Moving forward to ZeroHedge.com, an unprecedented monetary overhaul, the Fed is preparing to deposit digital dollars directly to each American. Over the past decade, the one common theme despite the political upheaval and growing social and geopolitical instability, was the market would keep marching higher and the Fed would continue injecting liquidity into the system. The second common theme is that despite sparking unprecedented asset price inflation, prices as measured across the broader economy, using the flawed CPI metric and certainly stagnant worker wages, would remain subdued as a reminder, the Fed is desperate to ignite broad inflation as that is the only way the countless trillions of excess debt can be eliminated and has so far failed to do so. In short, ever since the Fed launched QE and NIRP, it has been making the situation it has been trying to fix even worse while blowing the biggest asset price bubble in history. And having recently accepted that its preferred stimulus pathway has failed to boost the broader economy, the blame has fallen on how monetary policy has intermediated, specifically the way the Fed creates excess reserves which end up at commercial banks instead of trickling down all the way to the consumer level. To summarize, the wheels are already turning on a plan that sees the Fed depositing digital dollars to each American, a stunning development that essentially sees the Fed bypass Congress, endowing the central bank with targeted fiscal stimulus capabilities, and which could lead to a dramatic reflationary spike as it is the lower income quartel segments of the United States society that are the marginal price setters for economic goods and services. And having already implemented 
average inflation targeting, the resulting burst of inflation would be viewed by the Fed as insufficient on its own, as it would have to persist for a long time over the average period, whatever it may end up being, to tighten monetary policy. In fact, even as inflation rages, which some alternative inflationary measures to CPI suggest it already is, the Fed will have a semantic loophole in explaining just why it needs to keep inflation scorching hot even as the standard of living in America collapses to the benefit of a handful of asset holders. Moving forward to the star.com, black business owners win against racism in Ontario Superior Court decision. Lassie Charles was almost ready to give up. She told her husband that they would have to close down their successful restaurant they had started eight years ago in order to find another location. Their new landlord was deliberately making it difficult for the couple to renew their lease agreement, even though they were ideal tenants, ideal in almost every way, except that they and many of their customers were black. This was the essence of a conclusion that an Ontario Superior Court judge came to in the case between Elias Restaurant and Keel Shepherd Plaza, Inc. and Castle Hill Properties, Inc. in a judgment released earlier this month. The case centered on the fact that the landlord and manager wanted a new tenant who would somehow be more suitable to the shopping plaza. They did everything they could to avoid responding to the Charles family's efforts to renew their lease using a technicality to try to evict them from their bustling location at Keel Street and Shepherd Avenue. Such a move would cut them off from their diverse customer base that had remained loyal even throughout the pandemic. The couple had continued to pay their monthly rent on time, despite a 125%, 125% rental increase. During the trial, various statements by representatives for the landlord were indicative of racial stereotyping, wrote Justice Ed Morgan in his September 11th judgment, identifying a family-run restaurant as not family-friendly and impugning a restaurant bar for serving liquor and having smokers stand outside the premises all point to a mindset that condemns the minority population for what is considered normal behavior. For the majority population, he wrote, This was racism, agreed Lassie in an interview. I was insulted on the phone and was told my place was undesirable and that they were going to renovate it to their liking. My husband deserves the credit for this because he said, let's fight them. The couple, originally from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, have lived in Canada for over 30 years. It was her husband's exceptional cooking skills passed down from his mother that led the couple to invest in a restaurant and bar that employed their 31-year-old son and two other servers. Over the years, they had invested $150,000 in the 1,500-square-foot space. I told Lassie that I could win this case, said Cleberth Charles in an interview, speaking from the restaurant's kitchen where he and his son prepare popular Afro-Caribbean cultural foods including curry goat, oxtail, and jerk chicken. Their lawyer, Maguna Maguna, agreed and argued they were being forced out because of anti-Black racism. Over the years, the courts have not focused as much attention 
at the outright racism of commercial landlords, said Maguna in an interview from his office in Toronto, pointing out that the racism involving people of color looking to rent or purchase property to live in is much more widely acknowledged than the ghettoization of Black-owned commerce. No one has ever interrogated through litigation the issue of racism and how it impacts negatively on African Canadians in business. I was hopeful that the judge would not turn the other way, and he didn't. Moving forward to NPR.org. Trump expands ban on racial sensitivity training to federal contractors. President Trump on Tuesday said he had expanded a ban on racial sensitivity training to federal contractors. His administration had instructed federal agencies to end such training earlier this month. Trump said on Twitter on Tuesday that he had expanded the ban on efforts to indoctrinate government employees with divisive and harmful sex and race-based ideologies to contractors doing business with federal government and those receiving grant funds. Americans should be taught to take pride in our great country, and if you don't, there's nothing in it for you, he tweeted. Last week, Trump announced efforts to promote patriotic education and rallied against students learning about systemic racism. He signed an executive order that requires contracts to now include a provision that says contractors with the federal government will not have workplace training that inculcates in its employees any form of race or sex stereotyping or any form of race or sex scapegoating or face the cancellation of contracts. Instructors and materials teaching that men and members of certain races, as well as our most venerable institutions, are inherently sexist and racist are appearing in workplace diversity trainings across the country, even in components of the federal government and among federal contractors, the order says. The trainings cited include references to white privilege and systemic racism. After the instructions were sent to the government agencies this month, M.E. Hart, an attorney who has run hundreds of diversity training sessions for businesses and the federal government, told the Washington Post, if we are going to live up to this nation's promise, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. We have to see each other as human beings, and we have to do whatever it takes, including taking whatever classes make that possible. These classes have been very powerful in allowing people to do that, and we need them more than ever. There's danger here. Moving forward to Reuters.com, white supremacists' most persistent extremist threat to the United States politics. Homeland Security Head. Acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf told a congressional hearing on Wednesday that white supremacists are the most persistent extremist threat in United States politics. But in Portland, Oregon, the local federal courthouse was specifically targeted by protesters who had this anarchist sort of ideology. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology, blessings, and grace. Do you hear the voice of the people? A jack over evil. You got to be in tune with the frequencies. Life is a cycle of sequences. Try to make a change. 
rich man get fat on the skin of them teeth Yo, how you feel, say, are you alone for eat? In a your big bed, how do you sleep at night While the people are struggle and fight Still denying them equality and rights While the world is abundant of ice We show them the truth and that you not like You not love the youth, you shoot them on sight No respect for the roots, you shoot them aside Your judgment will come, there's nowhere to hide You're not in tune Just change your attitude and stop acting rude And tune into the frequency You got to be in tune with the frequencies Life is a cycle of sequences Try to make good choices frequently Deal with roots and reality Got to know your strength This is Chimarenga, the people struggle Produced by Rhythm U Productions and Dub Music Available on iTunes, Amazon and all digital media outlets Listen to Jar A earth crisis, who pay the prices? They love profits, but they don't like us. They do evil things just to spite us. Rastafari, comfy, unite us. You cannot stray my meditation. Not even with your brainwash education. We not take no more victimization. From these blood-soaking corporations. Creating a higher inflation. And dealing with so much manipulation. But right now it's the time for elevation. We're rising up the younger generation Emancipate yourself from the plantation We call on your Vatican cremation I and I are raised up the vibration Just tune into the roots of culture station We're calling on the leaders of the world To care and to protect the boys and girls They have to have a chance to learn and grow If you want to see a brighter tomorrow You got to be in tune with the frequencies Life is a cycle of sequences Try to make good choices frequently Deal with roots and reality Got to know your strengths from your weaknesses Burn down barriers and build bridges Tune in, tune in, tune in this is Chimarenga, the people's struggle, produced by Rhythm U Productions and Dub Music. Available on iTunes, Amazon, and all digital media outlets. Listen and full charge. Deal with roots and reality. Got to know your strengths from your weaknesses. Burn down barriers and build bridges. Tune in, tune in, tune in. Tune in, tune in, tune in.
Despite denials, LAPD reportedly used facial recognition nearly 30,000 times since 2009. Recent denials that the police department used facial recognition 
were mistakes, Assistant Chief Horace Frank told the paper. Frank said that he told the city's police commission about its use two years ago. The Los Angeles Police Department has used facial recognition software nearly 30,000 times since 2009, even while denying, at times, that it used the controversial technology at all. The Los Angeles Times reported Monday, the LAPD doesn't have its own face scanning platform, but uses the face comparison software provided through the Los Angeles County Regional Identification System, a database of about 9 million mugshots, the Times said. Recent denials that the police department used facial recognition were mistakes, Assistant Chief Horace Frank told the paper. Frank said that he told the police commission about its use two years ago. Software was used to compare images from crime scenes, witnesses, and surveillance cameras with the regional database. Rubenstein said he couldn't determine how many arrests have resulted from the use of the software, but said the system is only used to develop investigative leads, not to solely identify a suspect in a crime. No individuals are arrested by the LAPD based solely on facial recognition results, he said. The LAPD also doesn't use the software to scan crowds or in any live streaming capacity, Rubenstein said. He said 330 LAPD personnel have access to the software. There's a lot of people with access to the system and shows its widespread usage. Mohammed Tajar, a senior staff attorney at the American Civil Liberties Union of Southern California, told the Times, the potential for mass use of facial recognition technology has raised concerns about privacy and civil rights, especially since the software has shown problems with higher misidentification rates for women and people of color. Last year, a federal study of algorithms provided by 100 facial recognition software providers showed higher error rates for women, the youngest and oldest people, and for certain racial groups, including Blacks, Asians, and American Indians, depending on which image database or software was used. California has enacted a three-year ban on the use of facial recognition technology and police body cameras. The ban followed similar moves in New Hampshire and Oregon. Last year, San Francisco and Oakland banned the use of any facial recognition by police and other city departments. It has also been banned in the Boston suburb of Somerville, Massachusetts. Moving forward to Forbes.com, United States Postal Service files a patent for voting system combining mail and blockchain. The United States Patent and Trademark Office published a patent application filed by the United States Postal Service. The patent claims that a combination of the security of the blockchain and the mail service provides a reliable voting system. A registered voter receives a QR code by mail, a separation of voter identification, and votes to ensure voter anonymity is the principal feature of the solution. The votes are stored on a blockchain attested by election officials. Obviously, this patent is too late to be developed and deployed for this election. That this patent has been filed by the United States Postal Service must surprise a lot of United States citizens. The United States Postal Service has been in the news lately 
for a number of reasons. The USPS is not known for innovation, as it is not evident at the local level. The visible infrastructure of mailboxes, P.O. boxes, the post counter itself, stamps, and the post person trundling a mail cart could be part of the American scene a century or more ago. The battle cry of the small government crowd has been defund the post office. Congress has made demands on the USPS that does not make sense for any business, the most onerous being the requirement to fund pensions for the next 50 years. The United States Postal Service is a deliberately weakened institution, hardly able to function in normal circumstances, much less during the most demanding election in years. With projected increased mail-in voting because of dangers posed by in-person voting. In the midst of a pandemic, the United States Postal Service is the only trusted national agency capable of managing non-in-person voting at scale. The United States Postal Service has done this for many years and is part of the election infrastructure of the United States. Mail-in and absentee ballots, which use the same infrastructure, has been part of the election system for many years. The challenges and scale are very different this year. As with all patents, it's attempt to be overly broad, enumerating every permutation and combination of the storage of election templates, vote casts, tabulating them, certifying the results, and auditing are laid out. The main element, twinning the United States Postal Service mail and blockchain and other databases with the mobile voting component is the main claim. Reading the patent, it is not clear whether the voter identification and the ballot themselves are completely disassociated with no linking data to ensure anonymity. Paper backups, verifiable by the voters themselves, are also a requirement for audibility. It is not clear from the patent how this requirement is met. Election experts and technology practitioners and theorists need to work together to secure the sanctity of democracy. It is too much to ask for, perhaps, but maybe a shared sense of purpose should bind us all. The United States Postal Service is a natural institution to develop, test, and deploy a solution. Moving forward to EurekaAlert.com. Engineers imitate human hands to make better sensors. An international research team has developed electronic skin sensors capable of mimicking the dynamic process of human motion. This work could help severely injured people, such as soldiers, regain the ability to control their movements, as well as contribute to the development of smart robotics, according to Hanyu Larry Chen, Dorothy Quigu Early, career professor at the Penn State Department of Engineering Science and Mechanics. Chang and collaborating researchers based in China published their work in a recent issue of Nano Energy. The skin of the human hand is amazing. That's what we try to imitate, Cheng said. How do we capture texture and force? What about the years of evolution that produce the impressive sensitivity of the fingertip? We're attempting to reproduce this biological and dynamic process to enable objects to behave similarly to the human hand. The data is informed by synergy created between the piezoelectric and the piezoresistive signals, according to Chang. Piezoelectric signals measure outside force, such as pressure, to create electrical charge, 
while piezoresistive signals mitigate the current. The dual-mode sensors are sandwiched together with two internal layers of pyramid-shaped microstructures facing one another. The microstructures measure magnitude and duration measurements from the piezoresistive layer and the dynamic loading rate and direction from the piezoelectric layer. This synergistic effect allows for high sensitivity over a broad pressure and frequency range, meaning that researchers can precisely measure the force and flexibility needed to imitate specific movements. We combine the best models and sensors to create something new, Chang said. Penn State has filed a provisional patent for the developed technology. This work was funded in part by the National Science Foundation of China, the Zhejiang Provincial Natural Science Foundation of China, the fundamental research funds for the provincial universities of Zhejiang, and the 111 Project and the Zhejiang's Lab International Talent Fund for Young Professionals partially funded this research. Moving forward to BBC.com, Paralyzed Man Moves in Mind Reading exoskeleton. A man has been able to move all four of his paralyzed limbs with a mind-controlled exoskeleton suit, French researchers report. Thibault, 30, said taking his first steps in the suit felt like being the first man on the moon. His movements, particularly walking, are far from perfect, but the robot suit is being used only in the lab. But researchers say the approach could one day improve patients' quality of life. Thibault had surgery to place two implants on the surface of the brain, covering the parts of the brain that control movement. 64 electrodes on each implant read the brain activity and beam the instructions to a nearby computer. Sophisticated computer software reads the brain waves and turns them into instructions for controlling the exoskeleton. Thibault has to be strapped into the exoskeleton. When he thinks walk, it sets off a chain of movements in the robotic suit that moves his legs forward, and he can control each of the arms maneuvering them in three-dimensional space. Initially, he practiced using brain implants to control a virtual character or avatar in a computer game. Then he moved on to walking in the suit. Thibault says, it was like being the first man on the moon. I didn't walk for two years. I forgot what it is to stand. I forgot I was taller than a lot of people in the room, he said. It took a lot to learn how to control the arms. It was very difficult because it is a combination of multiple muscles and movements. This is the most impressive thing I do with the exoskeleton. The French scientists say they can continue to refine the technology. At the moment, they are limited by the amount of data they can read from the brain, send to a computer, interpret, and send to the exoskeleton in real time. They have 350 milliseconds to go from thought to movement, otherwise the system becomes difficult to control. It means out of the 64 electrodes on each implant, the researchers are only using 32. So there is still a potential to read the brain in more detail using more powerful computers and AI to interpret the information from the brain. There are also plans to develop finger control to allow Thibault to pick up and move objects. He has already used the implant to control a wheelchair. Moving forward to future timeline, 
Wall-Mounted.net. Wall-Mounted technology detects COVID-19 in the air. Control Energy Corporation, a Canadian public company, has launched BioCloud, an unobtrusive wall-mounted technology which detects the presence of COVID-19 in the air. This can trigger an alert system, giving real-time notifications of the pathogens present to facility managers, allowing outbreaks to be contained before they occur. This represents a game-changer in the fight against COVID-19, according to Control. Immediate applications include schools, hospitals, long-term care facilities, and mass transit vehicles such as planes, trains, and buses. There is a critical need for technology that can provide us with assurances that the workplace, schools, healthcare environments, and other spaces we physically occupy are safe and free of infectious disease. Today we have that in BioCloud, said Paul Gezi, Chief Executive Officer of Control. Our team has been working day and night since the onset of the pandemic to bring this exciting technology to market. It will be an invaluable tool to enhance the existing system of individual testing and contact tracing. Moving forward to ForbesAfrica.com. Companies and DARPA are using artificial intelligence to predict human emotions. The Pentagon's research arm has pumped $1 million into a contract to build an AI tool meant to decode and predict the emotions of allies and enemies. It even wants the artificial intelligence app to advise generals on major military decisions. DARPA's backing is the starting pistol for a race with the government and startups to use AI to predict emotions, but the science behind it is deeply controversial. Some say it's entirely unproven, making military applications that much riskier. Previously unreported work has been carried out under a DARPA project dubbed PRIDE, short for the prediction and recognition of intent, decision, and emotion. Prediction and recognition of intent, decision, and emotion. Pride. The aim is to create an artificial intelligence that can understand and predict reactions of a group rather than an individual, and then offer guidance on what to do next. Think of a military leader who wants to know how a political faction or a whole country would react should he or she take an aggressive action against their leader. In pride, the emotion detection is not for an individual. It's more as a collective group and even at a national level, says Dr. Kalen Gupta, president and founder of Nexus. To think about, you know, whether a nation state is either angry or agitated. And it's no small fry initiative. The plan is for Pride to provide recommendations for international courses of action, according to a contract description. Whilst DARPA's project is largely looking at sentiment elicited from text and information posted online, a handful of startups from the UK, United Kingdom, the Silicon Valley, claim they can both understand what people are feeling and how they will feel in the future by looking at their face. In the Farragut and London offices of Element Human, 
36-year-old founder Matt Kulziak grandly claims such emotion detection is about to cause a shift in how people live their lives and where humanity is evolving. His company works with clients to hone the quality of their video ads by showing them to small audience and having algorithms look for signs of emotion, whether that's mild amusement or abject terror. It's been operating largely under stealth until now, though it's been testing its tech with various major publishers, from CNN to Time Inc. to the BBC. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
before the green consumes you. Focused on the dollar and the dream. Until the body lets down on you. You say the cat is hard to chew. So you'd rather eat your junk food. Stagnant frequency inside the temple. Now it's affecting your mental state of mind. It happens all the time. You better eat your greens, greens, greens. Asparagus, parsley, cucumber, kale, and don't forget the collard greens. You know I love my avocado I'm in love with the cocoa coconut Daylight come told me I go pick a bunch of green banana Boil it in a stew So you know I gotta add some callaloo Eat your greens Blessings and grace and welcome to Herbnology. I'll be talking about the benefits of soursop tea. Made with the leaves of soursop plants, soursop tea has become widely known for its cancer-fighting properties. It also helps with healthy weight loss, boosting immunity, and skin care. It's able to lower LDL or bad cholesterol, regulate your blood sugar levels, and lower high blood pressure. Soursop tea is prepared from the leaves of the soursop plant. It is also known as graviola tea or pawpaw tea. Native to the tropical regions of the Americas, the fruit of this plant can weigh more than five pounds. But to prepare the tea, only the leaves are required. Graviola has received attention in recent years due to its effect on cancer, but research is still ongoing for the safety and efficacy of the tea. The beneficial effects of soursop are attributed to the presence of alkaloids, acetogenins, antioxidants, vitamins A, B, and C, calcium, iron, potassium, intisic acid, and ananol in it. Soursop fruit, stem, bark, and leaves are found to have properties that may help fight cancer. A recent study published by the Pharmacognosy Journal analyzed the effect of soursop leaves on cervical cancer. The research team experimented by grounding leaves and mixing the same with three different solvents like ethanol, ethyl acetate, and hexane. The results showed that the extracts from soursop leaves may have the potential to treat cancer as they have cytotoxic effects on cervical cancer cells. Many studies have linked soursop-derived compounds to a number of anti-cancer effects besides cytotoxicity like aptosis necrosis, and inhibition of proliferation of cancer cells. AGEs have shown cytotoxic effects on breast cancer cells in the laboratory and test tube studies. Moreover, the study shows that the extracts from soursop have the same kind of effect on leukemia, melanoma, and prostate, colorectal, renal, pancreatic, peptic, oral, and ovarian cancers. While many people suggest having soursop tea to get these benefits, D. 
detailed research on human test subjects is yet to happen, so make sure to consult with your doctor before trying out this tea. Obesity plays a key role increasing your risk of metabolic disease. Soursop also supposedly has great benefits for weight loss. Start by having one small cup a day and see how effective it is for you. Soursop tea helps improve your heart health. Multiple studies show that the leaves of soursop help in lowering triglycerides and LDL or bad cholesterol levels. Soursop leaves may be helpful in managing good gastrointestinal health. Evidence suggests that excessive alcohol consumption may lead to gastritis, gastric ulcer, or even gastric carcinoma. Research shows that graviola leaf extracts help in fighting these conditions as they exert gastroprotective activities. A healthy immune system is important to fight infections and chronic diseases. A study published in the Evidence-Based Complementary and Alternative Medicine Journal suggests that graviola leaves and stems are helpful in boosting your immunity. It is rich in antioxidants that can seek out free radicals and reduce the chances of oxidative stress in the body. If you're looking for a natural immune system booster, you can include soursop leaf tea in your diet. Graviola leaves and its extracts are helpful in regulating blood sugar levels. Research published in 2018 mentions that soursop extracts help to lower blood glucose level in diabetic rats. Traditional medicine mentions using medicinal plants, products like lettuce, moringa, and soursop leaves for diabetes. Lettuce, moringa, and soursop leaves for diabetes. The leaves of soursop have been used in folk medicine for treating various skin conditions like abscesses. Studies also show that it has anti-inflammatory properties that can help keep your skin healthy. Furthermore, there is some evidence demonstrating that wounds treated with soursop show decreased inflammation around the wound area and organized generation of collagen fibers. Soursop tea is also helpful in fighting many other diseases, including cough, nausea, and parasitic infections. Soursop tea is a caffeine-free beverage that can be easily brewed at home, provided you have access to fresh or dried soursop leaves. Soursop is locally grown in certain tropical parts of the Americas. Tea lovers who have tried this tea say that soursop tea has an aroma that resembles freshly cut grass. It tastes like an herbal leaf tea on its own. You can mix the tea with other teas like green tea, matcha tea, or herbal teas for better flavor. A simple recipe is six leaves soursop tea, fresh or dried, four cups of filtered water, and one teaspoon of honey or sugar if desired. Bring the water to a bowl in a stainless steel pot. Add the leaves and then lower the heat to a simmer. Allow the mixture to steep for approximately 15 minutes. Remove the pot from heat and strain the mixture into a teacup or teapot. Add sweetener to taste and then enjoy. Soursop tea. It's good for overall health, skin care, helps to manage diabetes, boosts the immune system, stomach health, protects heart health, weight loss, and has anti-cancer potential. Always look to the nature of the Most High as your first line of defense for all your healing needs. We're going to take a music moment 
and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. I am grateful to have music. Since I was a youth to now, the skill is seasoned into I, like deep stretch. And it is an honor to be able to stir with it, especially since it's been serving I so well. I give thanks for everyone who has given and taken from me on this trial. My teachers, my students, Listening, doing your own rough work. More strength on your own journey. Perfect love.
Welcome to the portal 
it's time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. Blessings and grace, and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. Starting off with the metaphysical meaning of birth, new birth. The awakening of man to a consciousness of his unity with the one universal spirit. The change from mortal to spiritual consciousness through the begetting and quickening power of the word of truth. It is the change that comes here and now. Change following when man is begotten and born of the word. He is no longer flesh as grass. 1 Peter one twenty four but is eternal and abiding, not subject to death and corruption. Begetting and quickening take place in man's inner consciousness, but the process of being born anew, John 3.3, includes the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. To be born again is to be made a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Having this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.5, and a body like unto his glorious body. The Hebrew word ashna, it means hard, strong, robust, change, transform, shining, bright. Two different towns of Judah, Joshua 15.33 and 43. Metaphysically, ashna, a change is continually taking place in man's organism, an adjustment in thought It's constantly going on. Cells of the body are each moment passing away to make room for new ones. When this change is brought about by praise and thanksgiving, founded in spiritual understanding and substance, the true Judah, a real transformation is the result. The individual grows more firmly fortified, hard, strong, firm, robust, transform, shining, bright. The individual grows more firmly fortified in life and truth day by day. This is what Ashna symbolizes. The metaphysical meaning of conversion. Conversion is a change of heart and is a real experience, but it's merely introductory to the new life in Christ. When a person arrives at a certain exalted consciousness through the exercise of his mind, In thinking about the Most High and His laws, He is lifted above the thoughts of the world into a heavenly realm. This is the beginning of His entry into the kingdom of heaven. When man attains this high place in consciousness, he is baptized by the Spirit. That is, his mind and even his body are suffused with spiritual essences, and he begins the process of becoming a new creature in Yeshua. The Hebrew word za'ananim, it means complete changes, removals, migrations, double migratory tent, great migration, exodus, a place near Kadesh in Joshua 19.33 and Judges 4.11, we read of the oak in za'ananim, and it was the border of Nephtali. Metaphysically, za'ananim, great and complete changes for the better taking place in consciousness, and bringing about higher and better ideals 
and experiences in one's consciousness, there must first be a dissatisfaction with present apparent thoughts and conditions and a willingness to alter one's views. In this name, a very great desire for a change is indicated. Also, an activity tending toward that change. Then, too, there are the staying qualities that are needed to balance the unsettled, changing attitude of mind. These qualities are signified in oak, which stands for something very strong and protective. Also, the nearness of Nephitali, strength, and Kadesh, the divine presence within the individual consciousness, is significant. It was by the oak of Zana'anim that Sisera, captain of the host of Jabin, king of Canaan, fled from Barak to the tent of Habir, the Kenite, who was killed by Jael, the wife of Heber. This brought great victory and deliverance to the Israelites. In man's consciousness, this experience signifies deliverance from error and advancement into greater realization of truth. The metaphysical meaning of regeneration, a change in which abundant spiritual life, even eternal life, is incorporated into the body. The transformation that takes place through bringing all the forces of mind and body to the support of the Christ ideal. The unification of spirit, soul, and body and spiritual oneness. Regeneration begins its work in the conscious mind and completes it in the subconsciousness. The first step is cleansing or denial in which all error thoughts are renounced. This includes forgiveness for sins committed and a general clearing of the whole consciousness. After the way has been prepared, the second step takes place. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew word shenab, it means father's tooth, sharpened desire, father of change, father of mutation, father of transgression, king of Adma, who rebelled against Shedalamer, king of Elam, and the kings who were with him and was defeated. Genesis 14.2. Metaphysically, Shinab, the presiding thought of the state of consciousness that Adma signifies. In Shinab, we find a thought of assimilation of substance, which may easily apply to a gluttonous desire for food. In this name, we also find that which tends to destructiveness and error, and to a changeable, unreliable nature. Father, in the meaning of this name, does not refer to the Most High, but to the adverse thought or consciousness from which all fleshly and sense desires and activities spring. The Hebrew word peres, it means cloven, parted, divided, hoofed. Horse, Persia, a word that appears in the handwriting on the wall that Daniel interpreted for King Belshar of Babylon. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Daniel 5.28 Metaphysically, Perez. Here Perez refers to the dividing or breaking up of sense confusion. The Chaldean word mena. It means numbered, counted out, measured, meted, allotted, apportioned, appointed. The first word of warning to King Elishar of Babylon. It appeared in the form of handwriting on the wall. Daniel 5, 25, 26. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom 
and brought it to an end. Metaphysically, mene, the assurance that the ruling era phase of will and consciousness that Belashar and his kingdom represent has been taken account of, numbered, by the divine judge, the spirit of truth, and that its end is at hand. The Chaldean word tekel, it means poised, held suspended, examined, tried, weighed, a word of the handwriting on the wall. Daniel 5.25 and 27, tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Metaphysically, tekel, the inner feeling of inefficiency, defeat, lack of power to meet the problems at hand, and failure to be what one should be, that takes possession of the very soul of an individual in whom since consciousness, the outer life, with its desires for pleasure and sensation, has been allowed to rule until he has become depleted in substance and strength, both in mind and body, to the point where the great reaction sets in. The writing is on the wall. The Greek word Babylon, from Babel, gate of Bel. Bel was the supreme deity in the Babylonian pantheon, capital of Babylonian empire, and founded by the followers of Nimrod. 2 Kings 25, Isaiah 13, 19. Metaphysically, Babylon, confusion or mixture, outer confusion, sense confusion, mental confusion, a chaotic condition. These are times when we find ourselves in the confusion of the sense consciousness and its thoughts are so strong that they seem to have us in complete subjugation. Such cases symbolize captivity in Babylon. The Babylonians symbolize the mixed, confused thoughts of the material consciousness. A city is an aggregation of thoughts. The city of Babylon in Revelation 17 and 18 signifies the aggregation of the states of mind of the people of the earth. The kings of the earth are the ruling egos of the people of the earth, of the thoughts of people's minds. And the Hebrew word, Israel, it means contending for God, striving for God, who prevails with God, a prince with God, dominion with God, rulership with God. The idea is a development out of that of contending with and prevailing over anything whatsoever. A Jacob's name was changed to Israel after he had wrestled with a man all night at the ford of Jabbok, and has succeeded in obtaining a blessing. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for thou hast striven with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And he blessed him there. Genesis 32, 28, and 29. Israel is the nation that sprang from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Jacob's twelve sons. Genesis 49.28. Metaphysically, Israel. The significance of the changing of Jacob's name to Israel is this. The mind controls the body through the nerves. And a great nerve, the sciatic, runs down the leg through the hollow of the thigh. The will acts directly through this nerve. And when the individual, through his mentality or understanding, exercises his I am power upon the natural man, 
in an attempt to make unity between spirit and the divine natural, there is a letting go of human will. A great light of understanding breaks in the struggling soul when it discovers that there is a divine natural body, and it clings to that inner life and strength and eventually brings it to the surface in perpetual vigor. This is the significance of the blessing and the new name, Israel, one who has power with the Most High and man, spiritual and material. If you are like Jacob, counting the past and looking to the future, change your attitude to that symbolized by Israel and find peace in the Most High's reality. Make the great reset within yourself. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. Yourself got stuck, hit clock it free, no cost for entry now. Who can be whatever it is you want? Cause nothing is out of your scope. You got it.
blessings and grace. I'd like to thank you, beautiful loves, for joining me for another offering of Awake and Aware. I'd like to take a moment and show love to the frequency that accompanies me, the music. Afi Iku, featuring Ovius Maximus, Mira Dance. Laura Mulva, Overcome, featuring Nile Rogers. Chocolate, You've Got It All. The Black Opera, featuring Georgia Ann Muldrow, Beginning of the End. Luna Day, Black and White. John 9, The Reflection. F Soul, Greens. K to Great, Quarantina. Lauren Hill, World is a Hustle. Miss Ryan Nicole, featuring Rashida Chase, Bout That Action. Bell's Atlas, Capable People. Tough Like Iron. Tune in. Chris 1-2, Day of the Sun, featuring Mo Jackson, as Navi, Changes and Rearranges, Kalissa, Wake Up, The Black Opera, End of the Beginning, Chevelle Franklin, Salvation, Ezra Collective, featuring Zara McFarlane, I Have a God, Christian Jalan, Love Is, Ode to God, The Whitefield Brothers, Featuring Bachka, Earthology, Star, GMF, Great Mother Flow, Ja 9, Legitimate. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still. Focus. Decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground. Build. Give. Be you till full, love, so that you can rise and ascend. Blessings, grace, love, and strength to all. Sons and daughters of a dance revolution. The sons and daughters of off-balance walks and distorted body rhythms. We are a footstep generation. A generation that defeated journeys of oppression through acrobatic expression when the tongues of freedom had conversations with the body languages of Angolan regional. So how you like me now? Cause we, we are the soul clapping for the souls that are still dancing that refuse to forget us, that let us relive history through dance floor circles circulating the cycle of life. We were the light at the other end of Harriet's tunnel. The forefathers of seven moons before moonwalking got jacked. Sun, before electric boogaloo gave you the shock Sun, before the sons of war marched in rhythms of foot patrol towards the sun And shook the earth before rocks could be steady Back there, come through, back there, come through, 
with the sons and daughters who were ready, ready to conquer a nation of magnetic injustices through this movement. Cause every time our bodies moved, it meant we were gonna do something, prove something can change through the rhythms of our past. Rhythms of saoko, rumba, salsa, matanza, fania, bachata, jazz, tapping, chanting, clapping, afro drumming, jazz, bebop, hip hop to up rock and pop and lock and it don't stop. So come on, jazz and we, we are the sons and daughters of a dance revolution revolving over lost shadows of freedom and we shall overcome someday but until that day we pray for the slaves that sleep we are a nation dancing under the spirits of moonlight and gather like the minds who broke bread to break beats like we kids back in 88 did a nation that came to beat street from the avenues of defeat break dancing through the impossible to eat the fruits of labor never tasted so sweet we had buddhist monks challenge the egyptians to b-boy battles and had gandhi tagging up graffiti in the bathroom walls of the club where he left messages to the dancers and the djs to tell the people that you may be black you may be white you may be jew or gentile but it never made a difference in our house because our house has connected across nations in 360 degree ciphers where quote yo let me get up in that circle son so i can sweat out the stress for the week in the name of kingdoms to come i am the son of sun moving in parallel rhythms to the drum expanding pores into time portals so every time i sweat you can see the reflection of my ancestors on my bare skin you and i can win this battle against capitalist oppression all we gotta do is just move to the music groove to this music feel this music in your bone marrow with cupid's arrow stuck in your hip bone now fall in love with us and mention us in your prayers at night we were dancing religiously in hopes to take flight in the mouth of heaven and in the process we swallowed our own pride while bouncers checked our ids we checked our egos without the ease so that we can just go because ten dollars at the door was never gonna stop us from hitting the dance floor whether you was black white jew or gentile it never made a difference in our house and this is what makes